Welcome back to the Make Account Podcast. I'm Marcus Muir, founder of Muir Group CPAs and the Total Control Accounting System. And I'm Tyler Warner, small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. What are we talking about today, Marcus? <laughs> what are we talking about? So first, I'm you know I'm excited we're back. Season. Two. We call this season two because we feels did right. we did 52 episodes yeah, I it, think. Yeah, feel, season two feels right. We took the summer off. The fall off. Yeah, most people staying near the holidays off. <laughs> I was gonna say most people. I realized as I was setting this stuff up, like most people kickstart off, kickstart yeah. things like in the new year. Yeah, and we're like, oh, December first, let's go. Yeah, you know, or second, second, second. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what we're talking about today is an accounting and finance diagnostic test. So I think everybody's kind of heard the term in the auto world, like a twenty-one point inspection. You hear that when they talk about certified pre-owned cars or when you go like auto dealers or auto mechanics will mm-hmm. pitch these services like, hey, yeah, let yeah. us kind of look under the hood, essentially. Right. And so we're doing some of that work. I want to give people some thoughts about what they should be looking for in their business to kind of show them where like they could do better from an operational standpoint, but also from an efficiency standpoint and to make your people happier. Um, one of the things we one of our the things we look at in mirror group is we want to work with companies who treat their employees well. And I don't think people realize a lot of times that the processes they've built frustrate and really, um, annoy their employees to the extent that they can't do their job as well because they're doing these things that they don't know why. So it's like these, well, we've always filled out this form or we've always done it this way. And so a lot, I think a lot of business owners, that's kind of eye opening when we say like, did you realize that you had so-and-so printing out a form to hand to another person to type into another software? Like those kind of things. I want to talk about kind of what you could be looking for, what that looks like, how we do it, what some war stories, some things we've heard. How much like how, uh, how intimate are you with like the client before you're able to do a diagnostic? Like, is this like, you got to know the business pretty well? Or no, is this... I mean, there's some due diligence on the front end. I mean, obviously we want to sit in and understand what you do. Mm-hmm. So we're doing this with existing clients. So okay. we already yeah. have an idea, so but yeah, of... but with a new client, what we would do is we would sit down with them and we would say, okay, tell us about your business. How does, mm-hmm. how do you produce a revenue? How do you make a sale? What are your expenses like? How many employees do you have? How many mm-hmm. bank accounts, credit cards? Yeah. And we get into all that. We have an intake form that we do, mm-hmm. which is those basic diagnostic questions or yeah. basic like kind of Background demographic. Yeah. yeah, demographic information like, hey, yeah. this is kind of how we operate. Yeah. And then from there, we interview your finance accounting team or, you know, if it's a person um, or admin, whatever mm-hmm. you think, whoever you think needs to be involved in that. And we start to formulate an idea of how you do things that lets us ask better questions. Yeah, sweet. Well, let's get in it. Yep. All right. So the first thing that we look at, um, and I'm actually kind of looking back at the quote we gave the our client to do this was, so your sales and your AR cycle. Okay. And so AR being accounts receivable. So a couple of questions I just wrote down really quickly. Is it easy for you to make a sale? Is it easy to process a sale? Do your employees know the process? Is it easy to get paid? Is it convenient for the customer? What about sales tax? So I've got a lot of stuff baked in there, but essentially, is it such that your team knows what you sell? And a lot of times in professional services, you'll be surprised. Your team doesn't know how to build a package, how to sell it. What do we sell by the hour? Do we like? So I can speak to that really clearly. Is that that's one of the things that's come up. If I'm being honest, in my firm is like people here want to say, "Hey, if I bring in a new client, like a staff member. Mm-hmm. I want to know what's the process end to end, so yeah. I can sell to them 
And I've, I've had this in other firms where the staff has no clue about billing. So the point I'm trying to make is your team, whatever it looks like, a product-based business, a service-based business, needs to understand how a sale happens. Sure. Who initiates, what paperwork, what forms, is it easy, is it is it manual? Like start to understand your sales process and really look at that. Um, and we'll talk about some examples of that. Um, but the, and the biggest thing I would say, so that's on the sales side. Mm-hmm. Accounts receivable. Do you make it easy to get paid? Do you offer solutions to where your accounts receivable is not a thing, right? Yeah. Do you offer subscriptions? Do you offer prepayment? Do you offer the ability to have a credit card or a bank account on file? Do you make it easy to do those things? Do you make it where people can pay you mobily? Like all these things, I think people just kind of, they, they maybe say the status quo in our industry is people pay us with a check and it just comes in 45 days and that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. But increasingly, and especially as you get newer people on your team, younger people on your team, you should be listening to their ideas about convenience from the customer perspective. Um, so you always want to be thinking, how can I make it faster to get paid, simpler to get paid and convenient for the end user? Yeah. Okay, so right off the bat, just sales, AR, sales, and getting AR, that, getting that. I mean, that's lifeblood. Got to get the money that's in the, the door. Cash flow pipeline. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And so I would say to this, we're all in this kind of engagement. We're not looking at should your sales be ten percent higher. That's not the name. Right. This is just how do sales happen? What's yeah. the process? Is it manual? Is it easy for your customer to pay you? Mm-hmm. So get money in the door. Right. Whether you need to raise your prices ten bucks, ten percent, that's more of a discussion with management advisory kind of work. Mm-hmm. Like. Hey, the industry says prices should be a little higher. Yeah. Yep. All right. Second area we look at, and this is this is where I want to spend a little time, is payroll. Okay. So what we see with a lot of people with payroll is very manual. And especially as you get to more and more employees, you need to be thinking, and if you've ever managed anybody's payroll, you, you'll know this. The question's like, hey, I moved. Can you change my address? Hey, I got married. Can you change my withholding form? Hey, I um, want to direct deposit my money into two different bank accounts, maybe a checking and a savings. These are all things that, hey, email, I need to do this, are all things that your payroll, admin, office manager, some owner is having to stop to do. What you should be doing is you should have a payroll software that has employee-facing capabilities. Mm -hmm. We've talked about Gusto a lot. That's our preferred software. The beauty of something like Gusto is all those, hey, can you do this questions are tackled by the employee in a self-service manner. They have access to their data. They can change it at any time. Gusto, I don't think they do this, but this will make the point. used to offer a Gusto cash out where an employee could take an advance from their pay. And you as the owner wouldn't even yeah, know. We talked it was about so that, yeah. facilitated behind the scenes and nothing that had to do with the employer that Gusto handled it, you wouldn't even know. Yeah. My point is you should be allowing your employees to self-serve on all the little ins and outs, manual, tedious things that derive no value. Yeah. Like in terms of the business, right? It, it's value to the employee, but you yeah. as the small business owner or your admin or your operations person are having to do these things. So let people do that. Second thing is... Use their data one time. If you want somebody to keep their time as a method of getting paid, let them put it in a software that then leverages that to pay them. So what I mean is if you're going to say, hey, Tyler, I want you to keep your time. That's gonna, how you're going to get paid. Okay. Why would I make you put it in whatever system you want to put it in, a notepad, a random Excel spreadsheet, a Google sheet, 
mm-hmm. name your thing, yeah, only for to you to give it to me or somebody on the team to input it in the software to pay you. Touch okay. the data once. Okay. So let your people into the timekeeping software. Again, Gusto has a timekeeping. Let them keep their time there, and then you just leverage that to pay them. So we see that a lot. We see a lot of people with um, manually keeping time in a variety of ways. This one, this one client we did, this is interesting. They were asking people to keep time, but then they had it in all kind of different methods. Yeah. So this was, this was a professional services firm. And one of the methods people would use was a Word document. Well, a Word document doesn't add your time. So now what have we added to the level of complexity to the person getting the time? Yeah. Checking their math. Mm. So, you know, now you've got, I've got seven days of bullet points and a total that I think it is. Yeah. But now somebody on your admin team or operations or payroll has to then add that up. Yeah. So just make it easy. Leverage off of that. Yeah. I would say here too, like Zapier or Zapier, Zapier. however you prefer to say it. Because I'm thinking practically everybody is going to have a little bit of a different method. Right. Some people are more analog. Some people may have an app on their phone. Some may have like a toggle on their desktop or right. whatever. But all of that could probably be like through a zap, like sanitized to like one yeah. spreadsheet. And then that spreadsheet could probably be interfaced with like a timekeeping, yeah, you know I mean, like Gusto or something Right. Like that. There's for sure workarounds. Um, I would say the best practice would be just get a system that you let people into. Yeah. That, you know, just kind of kind of dictate like, But I hey, think that's where, that's why you probably see that so much yep. is because like where the rubber meets the road is you've got like. Becky, who is like, well, I've been, I don't, I'm not in the habit of doing that. Right. So she's got to, she's got to reconcile that all right. the time. Yeah. You know, same thing. Like I know I kind of switch back and forth. Some things I'm like yeah. analog with, some things I'm digital with, know. you know, so it's. Are you going the best of both worlds, this little tablet? Yeah, that's right. Kind of like new age analog. Yeah. Um, I would also say around payroll, make it such that again, under this concept of doing things once, you're going to hear me talk about this once. You want people touching data one time. For instance, this, the, the, the client we were looking at, they had this long process for uh, time off requests. It had to go to a manager for him to email the payroll people. It was real, you know, something like, all only thing I can equate it to is Gusto because that's what we use, but Rippling's another payroll app, I'm sure, on pay. Mm. These are all payroll apps. And if you don't use a payroll app, well, that's a whole different mm-hmm. discussion. But if you're using one, normally you can just allow your employees re- uh, time off request in there that automatically then deduct from their PTO or whatever vacation leave mm-hmm. you have. The approval happens, so approval happens, the timekeeping happens, and the recording of it happens. So again, don't make somebody fill out a form to go to somebody's desk to initial, to email, to, to, to send to a secretary, to scan an email and put in a personnel file. Only then to have somebody on the back end go on a spreadsheet and say somebody took eight hours. Yeah. Like, touch the data once, yeah. let somebody do it one time, leverage off of that. So payroll, we see a lot of people doing lots of one manual things that have really have been generated from policies that have come down over the years. Yeah. A lot of this a lot of payroll stuff comes from we got burned one time, let's set a policy and it just mm-hmm. never gets thought about again. Yeah. I'm saying if you're doing this diagnostic test, put everything on the table like yeah. slay, just be there and say like let's look at it all. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I could see that true. That's got to be yeah. Like for instance, the, the the one client we were working with had a um 
this time off policy where they paid people for a certain amount of hours, like like 36. No, 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 sorry. They paid people for 40 hours, but they only had to work 36. Mm-hmm. But then that if they did work the 40, they got credit for the four. So somebody had, I mean, yeah, yeah I know you're looking at me like, we literally looked at them and said, is all that worth that four hours? Why don't you just pay people a little bit more? Like, yeah. we kind of, the, is the juice worth the squeeze concept? Yeah, like, right. again, that came down from, a, I know it did. Mm-hmm. Years ago, somebody said, we're getting burned on this 36 to 40. Why don't we just let people yeah. track it? Yeah. And then that became a whole process. Yeah, it reminds me too of like that, the concept in, in that book rework of yeah. like, don't make a policy for like one thing. Because right. that, you just like get, you, it care if it, it continues throughout your business. Like yeah. It, it just address it. Yeah. And not like make this whole policy around it that you have to like maintain. And right. Then, you know, and th- five years later you realize, oh wow, our, we can't even upgrade our payroll because we've got <laughs> right. some crazy thing that or, we were getting abused from that we just didn't address. Or you realize quickly because you hadn't talked to your people and now, you, now somebody like me is in a meeting with you. Mm-hmm. How did I not know this? Yeah. Like, so a lot of this, I will tell you just kind of a quick aside gets back to your culture. Is your culture one that people feel empowered to go and say, hey, this is really a crappy process? Did, like they being the, the employee to the management or the mm-hmm. C-level or yeah. owner. Like, did you know this? Because mm-hmm. sometimes, like we experience with this one client, the management had no clue. Sure. They're doing their thing. They're working. They're producing. Mm-hmm. They don't realize the wake. And that's what I call a lot of times with business owners. They leave a wake. They make mm-hmm. a policy. They have an edict. And then people do because they want to please their bosses and, and do yeah. what, right? I mean, but they don't then have the culture that says, somebody raise their hand and say, hey, did you think this through? Because I don't think you quite understand now we've kept now 19 separate spreadsheets to do that <laughs> one thing you made in a knee-jerk Friday meeting. Right, right. And so I, we see that a lot. So my point is have a culture that enables people to speak up and, and you'll you'll find these things out yeah. faster than in a – you know, in a review of your back office processes sure. by a third party. Yeah. Yep. All right. Expense management. Um, so this would be how people get bills into your system, how people get reimbursed, like your employees or your owners, how they get reimbursed. So again, you want to make it easy for people to get bills into the system. And you also want to make it streamlined. So I've seen this before where people have things like, they might have an employee who has a, a credit card. And they say, well, you know, um, Jane over here, we charge all the Google ad spend on her credit card. And then monthly, she sends an email to, to Karen to record it in the, in the AP system. And then we send her a check back. Or there, we have this one email address where certain people send their bills. And then it's just yeah. make it easy, streamline it. Tell your vendors how, you're go- how it's going to go down. Quick point on that. Please stop writing checks. Please stop writing checks. We're seeing so many people get their checks stolen, yeah. have to fight with the banks. If you can get a bill, if, if you're hearing this, consider a bill payment software or ACH from your bank. Just, I'm throwing that out there. Yeah. Like, it's just use the technology. But if you were making a streamlined way for people to get their bills to you and an approval process that was done with technology, it could be really straightforward such that the end process is the owner with a couple emails looking through, clicking approve, 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 approve. Then the accounting gets done behind the scenes. So that's a big thing we see too. Expense management on the employee side is another one where it's like 
you've heard this term before. Oh God, I got to do my expense report. Like right. I've heard people say that. Yeah, it's a pain in the, you know what? Right. Like make it easy on people. Give them a simple way. Hold them accountable to it in the sense that give them a way to spend. Snap a picture of the receipt. Say who it was, who, the who, what, when, where, why. Document it and be yeah. done. Yeah, and that would be more real time anyway, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's like not, you know. I got to have it in by the end of the month or right. whatever the deadline is. Yeah, and then you on the back end set the cadence of how often you reimburse that. And so it's two ways, right? It's it's employees spending on company money. So a co- employee with a company credit card will shoot. I'd like to know timely what you're spending on company money. Mm-hmm. But also, I'd like to know timely what you're spending on your own dime that I, so I can reimburse you. Yeah. Um, and then have all the necessary documentation behind that. So we see that's a big that's a big thing that a lot of times what happens is people just delegate to administrative people. These e- emails, just, hey, mm-hmm. email with a document, and then they have to go fill out a form. to yeah. get. It's just, again, touch the data once. If you're at lunch with a prospect and you end the lunch, snap a picture, it's done. It's now coded. It's put into business meals, into the account, you know, in terms of your mm-hmm. profit and loss statement. It's now a payable to the person who spent it like that's done it's touched one time and the receipt's attached yeah so it, uh, one kind of a couple big picture themes touch the data once but also let you want to be leveraging off of that touch one time so anytime you think about in your firm your organization is there a point where i i manipulate data to give to somebody else to manipulate you ought to think about that. Yeah. I'm not saying you got to rethink every process, but if you mm-hmm. are looking into it, think about the times that you don't do that. I'll give you an example. I was, I was I'm buying a, a rental property. Bank wants a bunch of information from me. And my banker sends me an email with a PDF. Now, at least it was, it was fillable. That was helpful. But guess what? Guess what happens when I fill out the PDF and send it back? Oh, and didn't give me a secure way to give it back to them. Lots of sensitive information they're asking me for. Email to PDF. The worst case would have been print the PDF and, and fill it out. But at yeah. least it was a fillable PDF. Yeah. But no secure way to sign it or to upload it. But guess what happens on the back end when I submit that info, when I give that information back to them? Somebody's got to get it and key it into the software. Right. Why wouldn't you give me a process that allows me to touch it one time? Yeah. And you on the back end, you as the bank, just look at it, looks right, and pass it along. Mm-hmm. Somebody has a job taking those intake forms yeah. and keying them in. It's like office space. Remember office space? Yeah. And yeah. Tech, did you put the cover sheet on your TPS reports? Like that's you were laughing, but that's yeah. you you build up these jobs in people that yeah. provide no value. Sure. You literally have a person who's the email intake for the commercial lending. Yeah. And then they the, can get it wrong. I mean, and that's they could. Like a, it's a point of vulnerability. Heck I mean, yeah. You know? Absolutely. I, I used to think, like, there's no way banks could do Like, it just didn't make sense in my mind that that, that would ever happen. And then one time I literally got a call. They were like, hey, you haven't paid your line of credit. And I was like, I don't have a yeah. anything on it. Like, what are you talking about? And they're like, no, yeah, you spent $6,000. Oh, wow. I was like, when? <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was like how do I prove to the bank that I didn't do this? Yeah. And like, fortunately, like the teller was like quickly able to see like their logs or yeah. whatever. I was like, Oh yeah, this is, we just, somebody mistyped one number. Right. And I was like, that can happen. Like, how's that? I mean, I would have never yeah. thought that that was even a thing, but yeah, it was somewhere in the system. 
it was somebody somebody's was job. Typing, yeah. Like, you know, and I was yeah. like, what the heck? Yeah, I mean, it, it happens. And I think, I think the, the, the takeaway thought is just be thinking about places where you've created jobs for, for people to do things like this. Yeah. Like, there's always a time if people are touching data more than once, there's a time for innovation. Yeah. Now, you might not innovate all those places. Sometimes, like we were talking today, uh, we, have, we have monthly one-on-one meetings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can go overboard with this stuff too, right? Sometimes you just got to chop wood. Like sometimes the task is two minutes, just get it done. We don't need to rethink a whole process. Right. We may do that two minutes all the time, and that just may be what it is. Yeah. But – if you're going to err one way, correct. I mean, err, err on, on the side of yeah. trying to innovate. Yeah, you will. You will get better at innovating. Right. You will get better at the decision making around innovating. Yeah, and you will. I promise you, one thing that I've experienced: your people will appreciate that you try to innovate. The right people. The mm-hmm. the the that's not my job, or the this is the way we've always done things. Kind of camp people, not going to appreciate that. The people that want to make a difference, that want to add value to your your customers will appreciate that you're trying to make their job easier to add value to the customers. And they don't they don't have to put the, re- the, the reports on the TPS. You know, the TPS, what is it, the cover sheets on the yeah, TPS yeah, reports. Yeah. Like, like the, the joke around office space is because of people realize how ridiculous some of the things we do in small business. Mm-hmm. And that provide no value. Yeah. And then get, people get criticized or brought into meetings about their cover sheets. Right. We're like, what are we doing here? Right. So anyway. Um, expense management, where we got off on that. And then what I would say to kind of bring the conversation home, have is, have systems that integrate. So good example was a, a client I met with the other day, new client. Um, they do, uh, they do point of sale. They do, they have a retail business. So they have Shopify as their point of sale, but they also sell online. The problem is they haven't integrated their point of sale with their accounting software. So, it's causing all kinds of issues where they're having to manually parse through Shopify data to get information that if it was just set up properly, it would push into their accounting software. Sales tax comes to mind. Yeah. You know, like so just have solutions that talk. And again, this this means on the front end when you add a new application, think through the setup. Everything's in the setup. We talk about that a lot. You leverage the setup in perpetuity if you do it right. If you don't, it hinders you in perpetuity. So leverage your setup properly, but just get systems that have data that talk to your other important systems, your accounting system being the hub. But Shopify is a good example of zero doesn't do point of sale, not like a point of sale software does. Mm-hmm. Well, get Shopify and integrate it properly. That way you can you can use the benefits of a tool like Shopify, which they eat, drink, and sleep uh, point of sale. That's all they do. So they're going to yeah. do it better than zero. But let that integrate and such that you have your data in one place and all captured in that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much. I mean, yeah. <laughs> dude, I, dude, I could go. I, I love, I mean, and look, I'll just say this too. The glass is half full always. Like go in with that. There, There's 99% chance that whatever you're looking to integrate, there's software for it. There's... API connections. Yes. It, it's a, it's easy to do. Yeah. And like, yeah, if you look, I think if you are looking for solutions, you'll find them most of the time. Right. And I will tell you from our experience being at a, an organization where we, we were, one of our core values is empowerment. So mm-hmm. we talk about that a lot. Like we want people to feel empowered to try to make solutions, to have a voice. Like yeah. with that culture comes just, Full disclosure, some mess ups, some wasted time. Mm-hmm. We believe 
as an organization, it's worth it to keep trying to innovate. Not go crazy. I, we had a talk the other day, staff meeting. I said, listen, guys, we have every piece of software we need. Let's go deeper with that software. But that only comes after the point of which you have vetted out, bought into solutions and said, okay, now let's go deep with them. Let's learn them. Let's do better. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, I, one of the pushbacks I hear with innovation is, well, we, we swing and miss sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. But the times you do hit and, the, and you get a culture of figuring out quickly when to stop a bad idea, you get better at it. And then you end up with a culture that innovates and gets rid of wasteful tasks, you know, that kind of thing. So just be thinking about that. As you, you know, a lot of people that's overwhelming a thing, just find a solution, find a process that you know is broken. Have somebody like us say, look, this could be done better. Work to fix that process. Yeah. Your team will really, really appreciate it. But you talk about this a lot. Like you guys are on ecosystems that are platforms where innovation is smaller the steps are smaller meaning like a lot of this stuff if you haven't made the switch to like zero gusto all these things like those are big changes that that and i don't want to oversell that's a good point drastic but like once you're in an ecosystem that allows for that then the other changes are just i mean yeah less disruptive you know i mean so it's less swinging and missing right so it's like you know, you might be able to find an app that helps just you connect these two things that's right. just like, oh, that saved you half an hour right. every time you go to do this. Right. Whereas, like, it might not even be an issue for, for John or Quentin. But yep. it doesn't have to be this big corporate, right. you know, firm-wide yep. update and training because you're already on the ecosystem yep. that allows for all these little little personal tweaks. Yeah, know? I think you're kind of speaking to foundation. We've already built a foundation. Yeah, we have a like you said. We have a. I kind of use the spoke in the wheel kind of term. We like for us, zeros are, are in the cloud accounting and you know and, and API connections are our foundation. Mm-hmm. So to add a new one, right? To your point, not a big deal. Yeah. and we can quickly say nope, cut it, doesn't work. Yeah, but if you hadn't made the jump to get your data all in one place to mm-hmm. sync to to get a cloud based solution and to tra- train your team on it, then we got to go back a little bit. And so, and we can do that too. We're doing that with lots of clients where we take them. First of all, right now, we, we won't take on a client if they don't have a cloud-based accounting software. We just can't work with them as well. It's frustrating, and it's not a good solution for them. So we can't help them as well. Yeah. But if you, if you want to get, if you're hearing what I'm saying, you're like, no, I know it's where we need to go, I, then we love those kind of clients because we can get them up to speed. They start to see some, once they get past the learning curve, they start to see efficiencies and then they want more. So yes, you can get there. And, and, and that first jump is the hardest. And then to your point, the other jumps are just incremental. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Awesome. So is that the full diagnostic? Let me see. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, one thing we hadn't talked about is looking at uh, your banking and credit card relationships. Like, how many bank accounts do you have? Do you have bank accounts? Like, do you have uh, one one workaround for checks? We talked about we we hadn't talked about, but we've proposed solutions to clients where just have an expense account mm-hmm. where you only put in, and this would be if you had a bill payment software, you only have in that account the amount of your outstanding bills, and then you you say pay the bill payment software pulls from that account. You know, maybe leave it to where it has a thousand bucks in it or something. Yeah. And then, so you know you can't get stolen from. Your yeah. bill payment software is only connected to an account that has enough to pay the bills in it. Yeah. Like, so the things like that, you start thinking through, like, you know, let's not commingle payroll money with operations money. Yeah. Like, a lot of people do the same kind of thing, a zero balance budget for payroll where they say, 
We only put in the payroll account like literally the day before enough to pay the payroll and that's it. Mm-hmm. Just some stuff like that, thinking yeah. through. Yeah. And it's a good time of year. Yeah, I mean, for sure. This is the this is the time to do the diagnostic. I, I mean, you can find gearing up for the new year. Yep. I think is like there's just that energy of like, all right, twenty twenty three is going to be different. You know, <laughs> like you can capitalize on that. But it's good still, word, capitalize. yeah, yeah, it's right. a good, good accounting word. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. So. Yeah. Yeah, so go through this, and then as always, if you get snagged, need some ideas, need yeah. to need to you know figure out some specific solutions, you know you know where to find the Mirror Group, Mirror Group, and then yep. while you're there, you can check out all the other episodes, um, and stay tuned for more season two. Yeah, I'm liking this. Yeah, production value is going up. I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there. Get ready. Look, we're gonna hold you accountable for that. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. See you next time. See you.